Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I am joined by John Page, who is one of my oldest friends, but that doesn't mean he's old. He's just uh, been a friend for a long time. A uh, 1976 Muhammad Seymour High School graduate uh, who's worn a, a bunch of hats, currently is the president and CEO and top dog of Page Tech. And uh, we will talk about Page Tech in a little bit. But uh, first of all, John, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Fred. Glad to be here. And I am, I guess, getting a little bit old. You can see the gray coming through. You know? <laughs> yeah, back. Unfortunately, we all uh, we all get that way. So uh, well, before I talk about the, the current, I want to kind of go back in the past. I know one of the things that you did uh, in your much younger years, you, you did a little bit of acting. And I'm thinking that was probably an influence from your dad, Keith Page, who was the drama director at uh, Centennial High School for years and years. So if you could talk a little bit about his influence and kind of uh, some of the acting that you did in, in your younger years. Yeah, well, my dad, of course, Keith Page, uh, weatherman on NBC forever and uh, drama teacher and English teacher at uh, Champaign Centennial High School. Yeah, I remember growing up as a kid, just loving to go see the shows at Centennial, um, especially Spectrum, which was their show where they it was kind of like a variety show and they had bands playing and, and everything else. So I did end up doing some acting. I went to uh, Los Angeles, uh, the summer of 1972. Uh, one of my father's friends from the University of Illinois Department of Theater uh, went on to teach. And so I attended, I think back then it was called the Teenage Drama Workshop. So I spent a summer out there, uh, found an agent, did a bunch of small stuff. I'm always, all the parts that I got in Los Angeles were that guy out of focus you know, in the background <laughs> on Dog yeah. Eight, the Renegade episode and, and Baywatch, same deal. Um, I don't even know if I ever made it past the cutting room because I, I would have been out of focus and, you know, just somebody in the background. But did a little bit of that. Did some acting in uh, Champaign. I worked with the Champaign Urbana Theater Company um, and also did a lot of technical things with them as well. Lighting design, set design and stage management. So that was a lot of fun working there at the Virginia Theater, historic Virginia Theater. And, and doing that, those kind of things too. So, as you got out of high school, what at that point, what did you see yourself doing? What did you have a, a life's goal or ambition at that time? I wanted to be a heavy metal drummer in a heavy metal band, hair band, and so I pursued that for quite a few years. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that I took the opportunity to do it. Didn't make very much money at it, um, but we certainly had a lot of fun. Uh, with a lot of bands, a lot of great musicians in the Champagne Urbana music scene that I had the privilege of playing with. And so it was it was a great time. Um, and then from there, of course, I kind of transitioned to technical theater uh, in order to make ends meet, so. Well, and I would think kind of the, the being the drummer in a rock band, I would think kind of opened some doors and kind of got you involved in terms of seeing what the production and setup was like, right? So as you, yep. as you got into, as you started working at the assembly hall, I think you worked there for about 10 years. You, you probably had a little bit of an idea what to expect, didn't you? Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, that's a very good point too. A lot of the really successful people in the uh, technical uh, arena of high level bands, top grossing bands um, are musicians themselves. Same way with acting. I think there's a reason why the, the union, the equity actors union also supplies stage managers to Broadway shows. Because being an actor or a musician, you understand some of the uh, requirements and needs that the actors have when you're trying to do something technical. So, 
No, you were, at, like I said, at the assembly hall about 10 years. You had a variety of jobs. Did, did you feel like you pretty well covered, you know, from, uh, oh, my gosh, I don't even remember what all that, that you did there. But, uh, I mean, what, five or six different things. You, you really got a good background, a good schooling in that, didn't you? Yeah, it was great. And, you know, we were, it was a part of the union, the stagehands union. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of really smart people and hardworking people involved with that. But at the assembly hall, we had three time, uh, full, three full-time stagehands there, as well as I think three full-time stagehands at the Cranert Center. Uh, but we were able to really ha cover a wide uh, variety of different jobs from audio engineer, lighting engineer, lighting design, um, you know, we did the nice thing about the assembly hall was being, although we were a tertiary market, we got primary market shows, great uh, bus and truck tours, uh, you know, from Broadway shows, from everything from Les Mis, Cats. I can't tell you how many Cats t-shirts I have uh, <laughs> from working the cruise for that show. I think we must have done it seven or eight times over. I, I think I worked part-time, maybe eight or nine years, then full-time 10 years. So I've been there almost 20 years uh, overall. Uh, but there's a lot of great shows. Les Mis, um, we did several times. Uh, Annie, uh, a lot of, uh, Joseph with Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I remember that in particular. That was a great show. And then, of course, we did all the rock concerts uh, that were touring at the time that would, you know, since we were halfway between Chicago and St. Louis and halfway between Indianapolis and, you know, Cedar Rapids, we picked up a lot of shows that were booked through uh, Jam Productions. It was a great, great time and thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And then, of course, you had basketball with the Fighting Illini. So we got we got a great uh, opportunity. Uh, I saw an article uh, on the News Gazette not just a couple of days ago about, or maybe it was yesterday, where they uh, they reexamined uh, Air Force One getting stuck in the mud. Uh, right. I remember that day very. Oh yeah. Early. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I did lighting design for that. We worked with uh, the White House communication staff. That was a cool experience as well. Do you remember who was the, the first big time rock star you met and, and what was that experience like? Wow. Well, the first one I met. OK, so I'm going to be I'm going to not only age myself, but uh, clue you in on one of my vices uh, back in 87. I mean, I've met a lot of them over the years, but the one I remember the most was Bob Dylan, um, who we were skinning the stage for uh, the very first Farm Aid. I think it was 87, may have been 89, somewhere in there. Um, but I was working as a carpenter for the union. Uh, you know, we were skinning the stage, getting all the set pieces ready. It was a huge turntable where half the stage uh, was the current band playing. Then they would turn it and the other the other band would already be ready to set to go, uh, you know, for the live television broadcast. And I smoked cigarettes back at that time. And I remember I had run out because we had been working all day. And I saw this guy tuning a guitar, smoking a cigarette. And I walked up and said, hey, can you wouldn't have to have an extra cigarette with you. <laughs> and he goes, well, I usually don't do this, but he handed me one and we talked briefly. He said, Hey, have you ever, so he goes, well, what do you think of like Bob Dylan? I go, Oh yeah. You know, I don't know a lot of his music, but uh, you know, I appreciate anybody that uh, achieves that level of success. And as I'm talking to him, I'm noticing everybody around is staring at me. <laughs> I guess I had broken that taboo, taboo rule, you know, backstage is their artist sanctuary and you're not really supposed to ask for autographs or pictures or in particular cigarettes. So it was funny. I, I finished it. I put it down and somebody ran up and grabbed it, kept it as a souvenir. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I think <laughs> as far as though interacting with musicians, um, I, I worked as a runner as well as a rigger for the um, 
Journey show. I can't remember, maybe early 90s, height of their career. And I had an old 55 Chevy, uh, but I was a runner. A runner is someone in the industry who, uh, you know, brings the bus driver back back and forth from the hotel after they take their showers and, and you know, goes around town looking for specific items that the band needs, you know, mint flavored toothpicks or whatever. And so you would be the individual for the production team that would go out in town, find those things and bring them back. And uh, my, the stage manager at the time, Mike Enix said, hey, uh, the band Journey wants to go out on town. Can you, uh, they want to take your car. And I warned him it was a 55. They thought that was cool. So I took that 55 Chevy I drove them around downtown campus town. Um, we were almost late for sound check. We had a hard time finding uh, Steve Smith, the drummer. He was a uh, loved playing asteroids and Pac-Man and those kind of games. And he was, I think it was Spaceport was the, the uh, arcade on Green Street that we ended up finding him at. We had dropped him off at a different place. I think the Illini Union and he managed to leave there and find this other place. It was interesting. So, uh, but it was a great day. You know, the, I only got to see him one day but it, it sure was memorable. Well, you mentioned a little bit ago uh, stuff that has been in the News Gazette, and one of the things they have done lately is they start to, through the FOIA, they, they get the Freedom of Information, they find out what the writers are in some of these, these uh, you know, stars' contracts. I mean, some of the things just amaze me, like they want peanut M&Ms, but only certain colors. And yeah. I mean, can you talk a little bit about some of the, the you know, more unique things that you had to, to find or that, uh, that you heard about the stars wanting? Yeah, I remember one one in particular. We did Ozzy Osbourne. If you don't remember that show, um, at the uh, it was the Over the Mountain tour, uh, and it was uh, in the '80s, I think, or maybe early '90s again. And Ozzy, you know, passed out after singing three words, and you know, we had the candlelight vigil for him at Carl Hospital <laughs> that day. Um, but in his writer, he wanted uh, like beef hearts and um, chicken, you know, livers and gizzards and all this, you know, really, um, how do I say it? Not, not the uh, edible, truly edible parts of, uh, or I mean, it could be, I guess, of, of cows and other things. So we went to a, a meat packing place and we got all this stuff that they would, uh, the stage manager would cut them up into small pieces. Everybody that worked on the crew for that show, it was the set was like this huge old castle. And it started with uh, Ozzy appearing right in his chair and then this uh, little man would run out with a hatchet and there were these little catapults that they would put the meat in and they would hit it and it would launch this stuff into the first four rows of the audience it was horrible uh, but it was hilarious at the same time that was about the weirdest thing I ever saw on a, on a rider but you know every band has a, a hospitality technical rider um, that, that accompanies their contract that explains in great detail the th their expectation of the food and the beverages and and you know maybe a spa person on call or a doctor on call with oxygen or or all kinds of things that uh, each band uniquely wants to make sure that the uh, promoters of the venues have on site. So in 1988, you, you left the area where you grew up, the Champaign-Urbana area, went, moved out to Columbus, Ohio. That was when the uh, Schottenstein Center was was opening up and Value City Arena. Talk about, was that kind of, first of all, a leap of faith on your part to kind of go into an unknown like that uh, away from home? Or were you looking at that time to just kind of branch out and, and try something a little different? Yeah, in 1998, I moved there. I was, uh, I was looking for something else. And also, you know, now and then everybody... 
I think does a little bit of soul searching and wants to re reinvent themselves. And it was a great opportunity. Um, the former director of the assembly hall, Zen Riggs, was at the time uh, the uh, building director. So, I, you know, I was made aware that there was a technical director opening and, uh, you know, I, I studied everything about the building um, before I was interviewed. So I had a really good idea of what the expectation was. Um, and it was just probably, it was a great decision for me because it gave me an opportunity, not that Champagne doesn't have big shows with the big boys, but um, I can't remember when or if the Rolling Stones, for example, would play there. Um, and they may have after I left, but up until that time they hadn't, whereas Columbus being the second largest market in the nation and a city of 2 million people, um, it was a natural choice for me to, to move up in that progression. So I really, and I really enjoyed doing it. It also was, we had hockey as well as basketball, as well as concerts, as well as some, you know, Broadway type shows, the circus and, and uh, Sesame Street Live and those things. Uh -huh. What was that experience like for you then, being out at the Schottenstein Center? Well, you know, it was working at a brand new facility. You know, I was wondering the day when University of Illinois would decide to build a brand new arena. And I know they've done some great, when I left in 98, um, it was before the real big dig. We call it the big dig, but they did the renovation of the backstage area and the truck loading area and the dressing rooms. Uh, but to be at a in a facility that's starting from scratch completely. And at the time it opened, it was like the premier, the crown jewel of arenas in the United States. Of course, now most major, especially when you have major, you know, hockey or basketball teams, those arenas every 15 years get tore down and, and rebuilt or huge renovations. So it was a great experience for me. And it was great to be on my own and uh, starting over. And um, luckily for me, uh, you know, the community welcomed me, especially the athletic department. Uh, Andy Geiger was the athletic director at the time. And, and my boss, Vicki Corman, as well as um, Zen Riggs, really made me feel at home and made it an easy transition for us. So that was, a, that was a great experience. And of course, then working with, you know, our first year you know, in 98, we did the Rolling Stones No Security Tour. And we actually set the load in loadout record for timing. Uh, to get them in and get them out quickly uh, for that whole North American tour. So that was that was kind of a feather in our cap. Also, being able to build my own staff from the beginning as technical director, you know, you're in charge of back of house, all the stage hands, all of the uh, the logistics of the trucks uh, coming and going and parking and, and all of those things. So it was really uh, a great experience for me to do that, but also a unique opportunity to build from scratch our team and then train everybody and then uh, execute it. So it was a great time. Not to mention, you know, Billy Joel, Elton John, R Rolling Stones. Our first show was uh, November 3rd of 1998, um, Neil Diamond. Uh, that's how we opened it. So it was, it was a really cool experience for sure. So then in, in 2004, you, you branched out again and went another direction. Uh, you kind of you got out of uh, working specifically with the Schottenstein Center and, and started Page Tech. Uh, so talk, talk a little bit about that. Was that kind of a, a scary move to make at that time? I mean, you, there's not a lot of security if, uh, if things don't work out, right? Well, uh, absolutely. It was kind of scary, but honestly, uh, the, you know, the Schottenstein Center and even working in arenas, the, uh, you know, modern arenas are very... Uh, time consuming, I don't want to say time consuming, they're very exhausting. 
you know, because you have show after show after show. I remember at the shot, there would be two or three week stretches where I never saw sunlight. And hmm. so I had to make a point of putting on my calendar and setting alarm to go up to the upper concourse and, and walk around a little bit because uh, you're just so focused on, uh, you know, putting this uh, basketball floor and testing all the microphones and the lighting and all of that. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, the opportunity to go out on my own was like, okay, I'm going to take a break. You know, it's not going to be as hard. Well, that's not how it turned out, actually. I, I soon found out that, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that, you know, wanted to, to use our services. So it's worked out really well. And I've been lucky. I, we have no real marketing um, strategy because word of mouth has got us, it keeps us busy. So, you know, I've got my staff is here in our, in our warehouse today uh, doing some maintenance on chain motors and things like that. Um, but it's just a great feeling, not only to be able to support my family with this, but to support seven other families too, you know what I mean? And, uh, and help them learn some of the things that I've learned over the years. And then I learned from them as well. You know, it's like you never stop. Hopefully people don't ever stop learning, you know, uh, technology changes. Now you have LED moving lights instead of light bulbs and you have, uh, you know, the sound systems are line arrays instead of big boxes, you know, very specific things. Video, we're shooting, our video is 4K, our studio, our mo mobile studio, and that's almost out of date now. You know, it used to be HD was the thing. Now everyone's uh, going 8K and above. So it's pretty, pretty exciting time to be in technical theater. Well, and I, I assume when you got started there, you, you had good name recognition around the Columbus area, probably still in Champaign-Urbana. But I mean, you haven't restricted yourself to that. I mean, you, you've done the California State Fair. You've been to what, Las Vegas. You've done uh, MMA, MMA matches, concerts, hot air balloons, marathons. I mean, talking about talk about getting the name recognition beyond the, the areas where, where you have been and, and lived and worked. Well, I that's a really good point. You know, once you... There's one thing I love being, by the way, uh, I still consider myself part of me being a fighting Illini. But once you become a Buckeye in that in that realm here in Columbus within the athletic department, it opens a lot of doors for you. And uh, certainly that has helped me out um, over the years. We did a lot of work with 501c3s. I'm actually going to be in the Caribbean um, in a month, uh, in 34 days, uh, where uh, I do audio for the uh, Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. So we, they have artists that come on the ship. Uh, we've had Rascal Flats, Darius Rucker, um, just a whole bunch of other country artists as well. So it's kind of nice to be able to provide that support there on a boat in the Caribbean. You know, it's, you're still working, but when your office is the Caribbean, right? I mean, <laughs> can't go wrong there. So, but also, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, we really enjoy uh, going on my own and, and starting these relationships or continuing relationships. Also, you know, in the highest level of music industry, um, everybody knows each other. It's a kind of a small group. So you kind of know the certain groups that travel. There's a lot of bands touring, but there's a lot of the same people that, that work with them. When I uh, did the production out of the State, Inter State Fair Entertainment in Los Angeles the last two years, uh, the gentleman I worked with um, that I hired as my stage manager, Mason Wilkinson, um, actually, I went and visited him. He came through with the band Chicago a couple of months ago at the assembly hall. Um, but he worked closely with Doug Gurna, who's the current sound engineer at the assembly hall in the stadium. And he, Doug Gurna, was the uh, worked was on tour with Bonnie Raitt forever. And then you have people like um, 
uh, Jay Lipschutz, who uh, is in Nashville, uh, Kathy Mateo's production manager, worked at the Assembly Hall, also went to Centennial High School. Uh, Bill Richardson beat, we called him, with um, Morpheus Lights, uh, Bubba Philippi, REO Speedwagon Sound Guy. All these guys came from the Champaign area and are infiltrated the overall bigger picture of the music industry in the world. So it's kind of cool to be part of that fraternity. So, so talk about exactly what do you do? So you're, you're doing you're, you're doing a setup for the California State Fair. What, what do you do? Do you take equipment with you or how, how does what what's the, the, the plan? For California State Fair, for State Fair Entertainment at Santa Anita Park. Santa Anita Park is where they run the Breeders' Cup occasionally. It's a horse uh, track. Uh, so what, what I did for that was I provided the stage, sound, lights, video uh, coordination with the bands. Now, I didn't bring any of my equipment. Um, I My stuff uh, stays in Columbus with my team or goes around the country with my team in Columbus. I went out there just to, to be the basically the... Um, you know, producer, live event producer for production. So the role was more like a chief operating officer, uh, making sure that the stage got built on time, the sound company, light company, everybody was on the same page. Um, and what I did was for that instance, um, a hired uh, sound image would be our sound company. And they're, they're huge. You, they come through Champagne all the time with touring acts and then uh, bandit lights. So we hire real, uh, you know, heavy hitters in the music industry to do that because they're based out of Los Angeles. I didn't have to truck anything and their pricing was very reasonable for a five week event. So it was pretty cool. How, how many people do you have actually working for you full time? Well, I have just seven people full time. And, and then I have a, probably another uh, 25 or 30 people part time um, that work for me. Um, uh, many of them are union guys. When we do union gigs, you know, we bring them up on, on with us um, as part of our team. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, but the the seven guys work all the time. The other other ones are uh, just when we need them because we have so many um, events that are smaller and then some that are really huge. So now that you've had a, a few years, actually almost two decades with, with Page Tech, has it been what you envisioned? Has it been better? Not as good? What What are your, your thoughts about it? It's It's been better than I could have expected. And it's it's been a lot of fun, too. You know, we, uh, we I don't want to say I'm snobby, but we don't take every job that comes along. You know, it has to fit for us. Um, our staff really loves doing the 501c3 kind of events, Make-A-Wish, A Kid Again, uh, these organizations, seventh, uh, second and seven organizations that, um, you know, help people make it easier to work your rear end off to do because, you know, you're, you're helping a cause out. Um, and then, of course, you know, we do the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati. That's a that's a week long event for us. Columbus Marathon here. Uh, we do uh, fashion shows, fashion at the fountain, which would be a fountain square in downtown Cincinnati. Uh, we do the Columbus Fashion Week event, uh, which again, uh, we did actually a New York Fashion Week event for Manufacturing New York. We were out there probably five years ago and did did the big one, so to speak. But um, but yeah, we uh, we we just like being diverse. And after 20 years of doing this, I'm still, you know, my son is now 18, getting ready to go to college. So I got another five or six years in it for sure anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just love doing it. And it's just great to, uh, you know, to see, to build something from scratch and, and have some creative uh, collaboration with clients so that, 
so that we buy into it. And then, you know, doing these events. And of course, during the pandemic, when we switched to hybrid and live stream events, many of those events are, they, the clients are continuing to do them, even though we're no longer in that COVID era, right? Uh, you know, the mm -hmm. uh, sequestered era, if you will. So um, that that's kind of a bonus. So I built out uh, one third of my um, warehouse, I built it to a soundstage. And so nice. we do live events there, um, concerts and uh, and some, uh, you know, client associated stuff. Mm -hmm. What did it mean to you personally a couple of years ago? I think it was 2021. You got the chance to come back to Champaign and do the Centennial High School graduation. That was that I can't. That was awesome, you know, and and working with um, the principal from Centennial. I'm sorry. Yeah, Centennial and Central Joe Williams, um, which is a great it was a great honor. And then and the, when I actually when I ended up going there, we got a little bit of free press, I think, from the News Gazette. So many of my friends back in the day came out and visited with us during the day, you know, for assembly hall colleagues and and so forth, old band members, you know, bandmates. So it was it meant a lot. And especially where my dad had worked for so many years until his retirement uh, from teaching um, and, and seeing the changes that have taken place since then, you know, since the 60s and 70s and 80s, because um, everything, you know, every time you come back especially downtown campus town skyscrapers on green street, you know, exactly. It's pretty interesting. So that was great. And it had a great time. And also it was, it was kind of critical because at that time business was still slow and I was able to keep all of my uh, employees working for, you know, especially for that event. Cause it was a big one. So it was, it was fun. Talk about some of the neat experiences you've had. Uh, you, you've been to the Capitol Rotunda, um, you've met, uh, I assume you met President Clinton too, right? Uh, and, and you met Billy Joel and Elton John and the Stones. And I mean, talk about, I mean, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, this would be like a, a kid in the candy store. I mean, how do you get any work done when you're around these people? Well, yeah. You know, I always say um, I'm living the life I don't deserve, but I'm taking it, you know, um, <laughs> and to meet with uh, not only with President Clinton and Vice President Gore, Elizabeth Dole, um, Sarah Palin, Rick Santorum, Herman Cain, uh, President Bush. There's so many different opportunities we've had to help out. Um, you know, we're non-political, right? We're, we're not, you know, red or blue. We, we're right down the middle. We'll work for anybody, anytime. And, and you know, we don't, our, our job isn't political uh, or religious either. We, you know, I do a lot of stuff for the Catholic diocese here in the Columbus area and also for the Jewish community here as well. Um, for the Capitol event, that was really unique. That that was an experience I'll never forget. Representative Joyce Beatty, who's from the Ohio Third District here in Columbus, uh, invited uh, our company to help her with a uh, video called "Living Black History: uh, Our Power, Our Message." And this was a video presented to the Congressional Black Caucus, um, which she was chairing at the time. Uh, so we did the video, worked with her and her late husband Otto on the video. And then uh, when we sent it off, she said, hey, I'm, I'm flying into DC. I want you to be there when we air it to the for the hearing. So she flew me out there and what a great experience. And coincidentally, it was within about 45 days of the January 6th insurrection. So uh, mm. it, it, it was painful for me to get inside the perimeter. Honestly, I had to wait about two hours until someone from her office could escort me from the outside perimeter a mile away directly into um, the uh, Capitol. Uh, but it was a great experience. And uh, 
it was great working with her and uh, you know the rest of the uh, caucus who uh, we what we did was we we produced the beginning and the end and the middle and then we had each one of the representatives of color and and senators of color do a quick 20 second um, spot and then we put it all together and and did it ended up being about a 20 minute video it was awesome and that that was a great experience and be for, to have her walk me through the rotunda and the statutory hall. And then she actually tried to get me into the floor for a vote, but that's where the sergeant and the said, no, that's a little bit too, pushing the envelope a little bit too much. So uh, <laughs> that was a great experience. You certainly had a, a number of just outstanding memories. And uh, just to think, I mean, you grew up right here in, in Champaign County. So, I mean, it, it just should tell people, you know, uh, dream big uh, and, and go after your dreams. Anything can happen, right, John? Yes, right. You know, one thing that um, I was going to mention that we did, we we actually, my editor is from London, um, England. His wife grew up here in uh, central Ohio. So when they wanted to start a family, she packed them up from England and they flew back over the pond and back here to central Ohio, Jamie Marsh. And he uh, was approached by Chris Freeman from Up and Away Productions to have Page Tech and Jamie edit a full-length feature Hollywood movie. So we edited Beast Mode, starring C. Thomas Howell, Ray Wise, Leslie Estabrook, James Duvall. Um, and then it's it's actually available now on Peacock and uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, so it was that was a huge, that was just like a remarkable experience. And one of the things I really like doing is trying to shake it up and do different stuff all the time, right? Because uh, life never gets boring and uh, you meet new people and you you learn about new things and you get uh other great ideas for that can help out your organization as well so so i was going to ask you uh is there another goal on the horizon something else that you're you're thinking about doing or are you just pretty content with page tech right now well funny you should mention that uh we actually started a new organization uh myself and two other business associates called rockstar entertainment group and we will be uh producing um live music festivals. We have one in mind right now, and then we have three in mind for 2024. Um, and so stay tuned. I'm under non-disclosure to talk about it at the moment, but I'll, that's all I can say at the time. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. So we're looking forward to that. Well, make sure you let me know when that uh, when you have more details and, and uh, you can you can talk about that. That sounds like it'll be absolutely uh, fascinating and something to look forward to. You bet. Well, we've been talking today with John Page, Muhammad Seymour native, who uh, uh, just gone on to bigger and better things, uh, based out of Columbus, Ohio now, uh, owner, operator, president of, of Page Tech, and they do events all over the country, and uh, that's not a misnomer when you say that, I mean, from, from one coast to the other, so, <laughs> John, anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, but thank you. Go Bulldogs. Yeah, class yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. There you go. Well, thanks for your time, and we will be in touch. All right, thank you.